Hey, this is Dan, and you are listening to episode number nine of In Todd We Trust, the podcast that reviews the most popular movies in theaters and also gets off topic. Today, we will be discussing Green Book. All right, welcome to episode number nine of In Todd We Trust. Got my boy Dan here today. Uh, to discuss Green Book. You can stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube, if the video is working. For those of you that are wondering where some of the videos are for some of my episodes, the answer is they did not go up because the recording, for whatever reason, got cut off. So hopefully we work through that and this one is good, uh, but that is the answer to that. Please follow the podcast on IG at Todd Pods. Uh, all right, so... Let me start off by saying thanks to Dan for coming by, uh, the homie. Um, are you excited? I'm very excited. I've been dreaming about this day since, you know, <laughs> I was about 10 years old. So. Wow, wow. And it was still about 15 years from conception then, but I just, I had a vision <laughs> that at some point in the future this would happen, and, you know, I wanted to be a part of it. So thank you for inviting me wow. on. And, the prophet uh, Dan. You know, it's just, uh, it's really something special, and, you know. We like to make dreams come true here. So. And, and you did. You did. <laughs> uh, so, Dan, little background about me and Dan. Dan lived a couple doors down. Was it four? Do you live four rooms down? What was your room number? Do you remember? I don't know, but I was about, yeah, four or five rooms down. And, you know, we. Freshman year in college, Case Hall at Michigan right. State. Uh, and we've been cool ever since. Uh, I've been uh, third wheeling with he and his girlfriend, Rachel. Uh, for the last seven years. So at some point, I'm hoping to have my own relationship, but until then, I'll just keep imposing on theirs. Uh, we like having you. Yeah. They, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, they, they now have a two-bedroom, so I'm probably going to move into that second bedroom. Uh, newsflash, I'm sorry. I know we haven't talked about it yet. but You're always welcome. Yeah, so appreciate that. Um, in his spare time, he enjoys golfing, tennis, and crocheting. So he's a very talented man, a renaissance man, if you will. So What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, another another piece <laughs> from me and Dan's uh, history in, in college are we played a ton of IM teams together, right? So I uh, I was looking over. I had to count up what the actual record is, but I'll go through each team. I went through today, log back into the IM account to see what our records were for each of the teams that we played on together. Um, you know, I'm probably the greatest coach to never have had a winning record um, in a sport. So. If that's an award. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's not many of those. So no. <laughs> you're putting yourself in, in some pretty elite company right. there. <laughs> so we have, so starting out, Ohana Volleyball Club. Yeah. One in four. One in four. One in four, baby. That's believable. Uh, <laughs> Unreal Madrid soccer team. Do you know what that record was? I don't think we won. One in four. All right. We well, got one. We, we got, got some one. consistency. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> was it forfeit or did we actually play and, <laughs> and we we took a dub? We, you know, it probably was a forfeit. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about. The other right. team probably forfeited, but hey, a dub is a dub, man. In the record books, they're gonna see a dub. It doesn't matter what it, what yeah. the score was, if the other team showed up, or if anyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So then we got Ohana 2.0 volleyball club. We kept it consistent, um, one and four. We wow. did make some adjustments, but uh, but not enough to overcome that previous record. Uh, Schmitty, Werben, Jägerman, Jensen's. That was that was a fun team. That was a, f- a super fun team. Co-ed football, zero and five. <laughs> that's the most fun I've ever had. Not winning ever in my life. <laughs> so you're saying? Well, you, I think you just listed four or five teams, and we have what three wins? 
between yeah, all of them. Between four teams. <laughs> between four teams. So wait, um, what is that? Let me let me add that up real quick. That is, if I can do math quickly, three and seventeen. Yeah. Um. I. No, I don't that's know. not right. It's, that's not right. No. It. No, that is right. Is that <laughs> right? Three and seventeen. Wow. Over. <laughs> so that's just through those. We have more. Seventeen <laughs> percent winning percentage. <laughs> if you round up, it's a generous eighteen. <laughs> Manchester divided soccer, <laughs> two and two and three. That one, see, but that's when we had Kevin. Yeah, when Kevin came on as a ringer, and we had cool. Meg for two games. So that's reflective of the two. And for three. those of you who don't know Kevin, he was like an all-state soccer player and yeah. uh, kicker for Michigan State football. So, yeah. so shout out he, to Kevin. He had a golden foot. How is Kevin doing? He's good. Good. Yeah, he's good. I talk to him quite frequently. He's, nice. you know, he's he's living the dream. Nice. That's proud, all you can ask. Proud of him. Uh, sorry for your loss volleyball team, which I thought was going to be um, kind of the way we, like, suck it to the other teams. Like, yeah, sorry for your loss. I thought it was clever at the time. But then uh, keeping track with other volleyball teams, we went one and four. Um, sorry for your loss. Two, sorry for your <laughs> loss 2.0. I think these were all forfeits. Listen, listen. <laughs> don't shortchange our team. Yeah, I guess. Sorry for your loss 2.0 volleyball team. Three and three. Oh. Three and three. Hey. There you go. We finally made it to 500. That was a team, man. Uh, bring that past year, boy. Men's men's football team. That was I hated that team. That was <laughs> I hated that team. Oh my god, I hated everyone. By the time the season was over, yeah. we went one and four, and that did, I feel like they gave us a win because I don't remember going one and four on that team. I feel like we yeah. didn't win. I, um, I and then it. overly overly seasoned vets soccer three and three again. So we've had <laughs> some success. We've had some success. I think our success were the team names. Other, yeah, than, right. other than that, I don't know if there was anything so, you could really call a success there. Yes. We, so. Friendships. We, had we made some bonding friendships. Yeah. Uh, had a really good times. Had a lot of great laughs. A lot yeah. of good meals afterwards in the calf. Yeah, so, um, that's right. So it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Great times. I, you know, I had to bring that up. I thought about it right before, and I was like, you know, right before I came here, I like logged into the old account, and... Uh, and I saw my winning percentage, and I was like, wow, I have to break these down, each of these teams. Yeah, and, you know, I wasn't really expecting to take a trip down memory lane going into this <laughs> podcast, so I'm glad you brought it up and you know, a, lot of, a lot of good memories. So never forget, you're a loser. So. I, yeah, yeah, trust me. <laughs> I know. So uh, to this movie, Green Book, it came out uh, in November 16th. Um, I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, but just – there were a lot of really good movies I wanted to talk about first, and this just felt like a good time to talk about this one. Uh, it's about a working-class Italian-American bouncer who becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. So uh, it casts Mahershala Ali as Dr. Don Shirley, who's the pianist. Uh, Mahershala Ali has just been killing it over the past couple of years. Yeah, he's, he's really in, good. He's in everything, and he, he's a really good actor. Really, really good actor. Um, I like him in everything that I've seen him in. He he was in two movies that were both nominated for uh, awards. What was that? Was that last year with um or maybe no? Wow, that might have been two years ago with uh with uh what is the one with them going to space? I didn't I didn't see Hidden it. Hidden Figures. I... Hidden Figures was okay. one, and then the other one was uh Moonlight. He's in both of those. Both of those really good movies. Uh, I think they were both nominated for Movie of the Year. If not, they were both got nominated for a ton of awards. Um, he was also in Luke Cage as a villain. Uh, he's in True Detective. I haven't watched True Detective yet. I do plan to start that. But point being, he's in a ton of things. He's House of Cards. He was in House he of Cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Remy. Yeah, so he's in House of Cards. That's right. Um, so then you have uh, 
Viggo Mortensen, uh, who plays Tony Lip in the movie. Yeah. Um, who is the uh, who is the Italian American bouncer slash driver of uh, from Herschel Ali, Doctor Don Shirley. Then you have uh, Linda Cardin. Uh, how do you say that? Cardellini um, as Dolores. Yep. Um, Cardellini. Yep. So we have her as uh, as Dolores, who is um, Tony Lip's wife. She's in a ton of different things too. Um, you know, she actually had the longest kind of like rap sheet, I guess, or. Uh, or credits, I should say, on IMDb. Like as I was looking, and I obviously recognize her, but I forgot how many things she was in and how many, how long she's been around. So, uh, really great actress. Um, you know, she didn't play like a. She wasn't one of the main. I mean, she was in there, um, but she's you know been the star of a ton of different movies. Yeah, really familiar face. <sighs> right. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. So yeah, it's not you don't. I don't look at her and say like, oh, that's so her from like. I couldn't be like, oh, that's she's in that. But then like when I went through, I was like, oh, that's right, she was that. She was Velma yeah. and Scooby Doo, and I'm like, like I completely forgot about that. Anyway, um, so cool things about this movie that I didn't know going into it. Um, it's inspired by a true story. So I don't think either. Did you know that before? No, I didn't. There? No, I, um, I did not know anything. Yeah, about yeah. I was the movie you going yeah, into I just kind it, of grabbed so. you and said we're going to the movie. So, um, so yeah, I didn't know that uh, until right before I got to the movie theater. Um, Green Book is referring to the Negro Motorist Green Book, uh, which is more commonly referred to as Green Book is the title of the movie, um, which was a travel guide used between 1936 and 1964 by black people that listed the businesses that would be acceptable for African-American customers. I did not know that. I did, I, yeah, that's I did something not I looked know up that. after because obviously we go and we, you know, obviously we put two and two together in the movie. They kind of explain it a little bit. Yeah. But I just didn't know if, I had never heard of it before. So I was like, I just wanted to get like some more information. Obviously that's not like a, a deep analysis of it, but that gives you the picture of what it is. This is book that they use throughout the movie to know where, uh, Don Shirley is allowed to stay as they go through the Deep South. Um, the music in it, so that the next thing, you know, any any movie surrounding music or where someone's playing the piano or playing an instrument, um, obviously the actor has to learn some things, and, you know, the question is always, like, are they playing it? Are they singing the, the notes? Are they lip singing? Um, whenever you see movies that have, you know, this type of... Uh, that's about, that's about a, um, an artist. So with him, he did learn how to play piano for this role, but obviously, like, still can't play those, those uh, intricate songs and stuff like that. So they had another guy, Chris Bowers, who, um, who played as his double. So I don't know how oh. they did that with camera work, but they did a really great job. Um, if they would have told me that Marshall Ali, like, knew how to play prior to this, I would have believed them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have believed. Like, if you just said, like, oh, yeah, I grew up playing piano. Yeah. It, like, they did a great job with it. So yeah. this guy, um, which was really impressive, not only the camera work, but that this guy, Chris Bowers, is that great of a pianist. Yeah. Then three, so they didn't have a lot of sheet music for Dr. Don Shirley's music. So this guy, Chris Bowers, had to like write it, like transcribe it down from listening to it, which is even more Wait, impressive. Wow. Yeah, a lot of it. Not all of the music that was played, but a lot of it. So I thought that was like, just blew my mind as well. Um, one of my goals in life is at one point to join... Uh, a jazz a quartet that performs at jazz clubs. Oh that, is, that is one. That's one of my goals. Do you know how to play any music? I so so I do know how to play. Uh, do you know what the euphonium is? No, it, <laughs> I don't. It, but I, but I want to learn now. Yeah, so. so it's it's basically like a small tuba that oh. sits on your lap. Um, <laughs> it, you do not know how to play that. Listen, I swear. So I so my mom made or strongly strongly encouraged my sister and I to play instruments. Um, when we were younger, I like learn. 
So I tried to learn how to play piano, which was just failed. It, my teacher sucked. I, I'm going to blame. I'm going to put all the blame on my teacher. But I didn't pick that up well. So then in fifth grade, uh, <laughs> so in fifth grade, the high schoolers came to my elementary school and said, like, they all, like, showcased or played a few notes from, like, all the different instruments you could choose from. And, like, hey, when, like, next year, you all can pick this, or next semester, you all can pick up an instrument. Like, there's some background on each instrument. So for whatever reason, I just was trying to be different. I was like, oh, I'm going to do the euphonium. That was the one. That was one of the, I was like, I don't it's know why. It's not surprising at all. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be different. So I did the euphonium fifth grade through eighth grade. So in the, so in the fingering for it is very similar to the trumpet. It's, oh. uh, yeah, very similar. So it, uh, for a lot of the songs, it was the same. So my point is, when I decide to pick an instrument back up, I'm probably just going to pick up the trumpet because I can play that solo. Or there could probably, there's probably more need for a, a someone who plays a trumpet rather than someone who plays a euphonium. So, okay. uh, so TBD on tickets to... I can't wait. Yeah. I, as soon as you go on this tour with this quartet or trio or whoever you find yourself with, I would like to sit front row. Um, yeah, so I'll definitely give you a heads up. Great. Um, Thank you. Also, going yes. down memory lane, yep. um, for those of you who don't know, we were on the cusp of starting a band ourselves. I you, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember the name? I don't, no. What? Loose Staples. Come oh, on, the man. Loose Staples, yeah. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, so Dan and I actually were part of a, a group of friends that we were going to start. Dan, you actually know how to play. What do you know how to play? I mean, uh, you know how to play something. I used to play a lot of guitar. guitar uh, I started off with the violin. I should get back to it, honestly. It's it's my fault for, for putting it down and not keeping up with it. But I used to play a lot. Yeah. So. I was very average, but I, you know, I could at least You're good get for through. The I could, I could get through songs, and you know, I was kind of a rhythm guy. But yeah, I could, I could be a part of the loose staples for sure. I, the way you said that was as if you didn't have to be like top notch <laughs> to be yeah. a part of the group, which I don't appreciate. Oh, you know, at that at that point in time, we were just kind of <laughs> like we we're coming up with these ideas at like sitting in your dorm room at like one in the morning. So I don't think we were expecting yeah greatness. Uh. Well, but we speak, could have been great yeah, had we, yeah. yeah, had we kept it, um, kept with it. Yeah, so just just a little tidbit there. We might end up picking that back up. So, well, be ready. You, know, you let me know. Keep I'm ready to. I'm ready to step up because I want to see that instrument that I've I've already the forgot euphonium, the name. Euphonium. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull yeah. it up for you. I'm gonna, guys. I won't. I won't like waste the time on the podcast to do it. But after the podcast, I'll show you what a euphonium is. So. I think. On the next podcast, you should actually bring it in bring and euphonium. start start the show with you playing the euphonium. <laughs> that might be a different that, show. Your viewership just... would have to go through the roof oh, if man, you I brought lose, that in. Lose all the I don't think so. Handful of followers I have. Nope. Um, <laughs> so the uh, there's actually an orchestra hall in Detroit that's right yeah. next to my apartment. Yeah, so I've heard I've heard amazing things, and really? I've never been. Uh, my parents actually would talk about it a lot when I was younger. Okay, I'm they, gonna check it out now. now yeah. I'm intrigued. Okay. I think they would go and uh, actually. So we haven't really gotten into the movie yet, but nope. I did. But I did look and see that Don Shirley, the um, you know the main character, he actually played. I think either at the DSO, oh, the Detroit really? Symphony Orchestra, or um, you know, some maybe oh, the Fox dope. Theater or something down downtown. So he actually like Detroit was one of his stops when he was in. Oh, his, that's really cool. Okay. When he was in his uh, you know prime. That's touring. really cool. Um, yeah, yeah I definitely I definitely want to check that place out. Like I said, it's right. I walk past it all the time, and I see, like, stuff, you know, on the weekends and stuff like that. Like, I see lines outside of it. So um, the only thing is that you have to dress up. I wonder if I they have any up. euphoniums. 
Hey, hey, wait till I show you this. Like, wait till you and you see all the lists of all the famous people that play euphonium. I'm I'm ready to learn. Yeah, I'm so. very ready. Some guy just walked by with a guitar actually outside and loser. You know, he should have a kinda, euphonium. Yeah, I was thinking maybe there's a euphonium in there, and I didn't you know it's pick all, up on that. All fun and games, man, until you see it. Um, so the thing, I think, with this movie, like the focus with a lot of movies that uh, deal with race or Someone's like I don't know how to how to put it. It's a lot of character development. Yeah. In this movie, so that that's the main focus. You have Tony Lip, who's a bouncer driver that's basically hustling on the streets of Book Brooklyn in order to like put food on the table for his family. Yeah. Um. Stop looking at my notes. Stop Sorry. Looking, I'm t- yeah. Stop cheating. Look at <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um. So. Uh, he was in. He was in Manhattan. <clears throat> he lives in the Bronx. He lived in the Bronx. Yeah. Um. He's trying to put food on the table. By any means necessary, you know, kind of shady back avenues, mob ties, um, and someone who seems to be prejudiced or racist towards African Americans. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah There's that scene in the beginning where. Oh yeah, where he uh, threw out the cups. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he threw out the cups. Yeah. So they establish early on in the movie that he's racist. Um, he has his wife has over um, two like plumbers, mechanics come yeah. over. He walks in, sees that they're black. Um, doesn't cause a ruckus, but she offers them uh, lemonade. They drink, and after they drink out of the cups, he throws the cups away. Yeah. So they set it up for you to just see, like, okay, this is where he's coming from, and uh, you know, there's a little bit about him. And then they have we have Don Shirley, which his character development is obviously the main focus. Yeah. Um, and then they're just their friendship that kind of comes together, a mutual respect, I should say, um, as they go on tour. Uh, Don Shirley is setting out to go on a uh, countrywide tour through the primarily through the Deep South, um, and during this time, obviously, very dangerous for him to do so. Uh, and he realizes that he needs to employ uh, someone who's white who can also serve as like not only a driver but someone of a bodyguard yeah. uh, for him. So, and you know, here's around town, and here's that this guy is the guy that he needs. So uh, they put their differences aside, set out on this journey through america and they they start out up north i guess so that you can see as an audience um the contrast of how he was treated in you know new york uh pittsburgh and then they go on down south where obviously is much different um you know it's it's, it's a little different today even (laughs) you know it's it's different it's different between new york and you know alabama so but um but so anyway it was really interesting to see the difference um you see mahershala ali uh in the movie um, just plays it to a T. And again, just talking about how great he is as an actor, um, where he can switch out of these. Like, I've seen him in so many different roles, and I've critiqued on this podcast before, like Michael B. Jordan, where I feel like he's the same guy in every single movie. Um, and that's not the case with Marshall Ali from the way he carries himself. Like, I, was, I was looking at an interview before where, or, you know, reading an article about how uh, for this role, he adjusted the way he stood and the way he sat at the piano. Um, just his body language, he wanted to mimic that of a pianist. So, I mean, the, the attention yeah. to detail in this, <clears throat> you can tell. Like I said, in these other roles, like I've seen him in a lot of different other roles, and it's completely different. You know, it's a completely different guy. So he did an amazing job with this, and, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Don Shirley prior to this, so I can't compare. Um, but like I said, I, I think that he did a, he did a great job um, selling it. So uh, what did you think about... <clears throat> about how you know I like and we didn't do this intentionally but like you said you said that uh that um 
Tony Lip, like his family, like his Italian American family, like reminded you of some of your family members and things like like. Do you feel like they did a good job there? Do you feel like they like overdid it? Like, no, I mean, I I thought it was pretty accurate, and you know, they just kind of the way they talked, like big family gatherings, um, you know, hidden you know, interacting with his family member. It's everything's about respect and, you know, hustling right. to make, make money to put food on the table. And, uh, you know, that, you know, it's it kind of hit home to me. Like some of the phrases they were saying, there was some Sicilian dialect in there. Uh, not like I, you know, I didn't really speak it growing right. up, but you, you'd hear some phrases and stuff. And, uh, yeah, you could tell. And, and a really impressive thing about, uh, I didn't realize Vigo Mortensen was Tony Lip until I looked it up afterwards. I didn't even see it in the credits. Mm. Um, but he did such a good job of pulling it off. I just thought that actor was some random Italian guy that they pulled off to play him. Uh, it was very believable. Right. And, yeah, Vigo Mortensen's, like, Danish or something like oh, that. Oh, really? He, yeah, he completely transformed himself into this, yeah, Italian, uh, almost, yeah, mobster type yes. guy. It's a yeah. ceiling mobster, and he's... Yeah, he does a great job with it. Yeah, so they yeah they both did a really good job, and um, you know Don Shirley, he you know is very complicated guy from what it seems. Um, again, just going strictly off of the movie, didn't know anything about him prior, but uh, seeing how you know even with all the success and um, you know he was a prodigy at the piano and very educated and very well respected, you know wherever he's going, uh, you know very arrogant but a strong sense of right and wrong it seemed. Yeah. Um, it seemed like, as, you know, as you watch throughout the movie, it seems that that somewhat comes from him feeling like he needs to change the stereotype of African-Americans. Like when he goes to the South and even the, the whole point of him going uh, to the deep South when, you know, it was a men- made mention that, you know, why is he going down South when all of these, you know, so many issues with race relations yeah. when he can make so much more money just staying in New York? You know, he can make way yeah. more money for gigs in New York than he could down South, but he wanted to do it because he felt like, he needs to make a difference and he needs to show um, people in the deep South that not all African-Americans are one way or, you know, so I, that, that kind of seemed like the message that he was or why he was motivated to do it. Um, so it was, it was just interesting. It was these things that, you know, came out as you're watching that um, it, not necessarily a shocker, but just like, I, I didn't necessarily expect this. Like we, I think we both said like, yeah. we didn't expect it to be such a, a deep movie. Um, but it was good. They did a good job with also making it humorous. Like, it was some parts where, like, audibly I'm laughing. So when you add that into these type of movies, like, I think that softens the blow so it's not just you walk out just like, you know, like, it was for, for a topic that's very deep, yeah. um, I think they did a good job of, you know, sending a message but also, you know, keeping it. I mean, it's listed as a comedy drama. Like, they try to keep it light, right. lighthearted and, um, you know. But I, I think kind of... You know, to that point with with the Tony Lip character, you know, he's they don't specify, but it kind of sounded like he may have been an immigrant from like directly from Italy or, right. you know, his parents were or something. Right. And kind of with that, uh, there was there was a constant dialogue where, you know, he's very not very educated. He worked as a bouncer, but very prideful. And like you said, a strong sense of right and wrong to where if he if he was going to say something, he was you know, committed to it. He, he had some, he had a one-liner during the movie where he said, he's telling uh, Dr. Don Shirley, you know, if you're going to do something, do it 100%. And right. he's talking about eating, but, you know, the message <laughs> right, comes right. across, like, if you're, you know, if you're going to do something, be committed to it. And 
you know, he's ignorant in a lot of ways, which I think is, is common, right? Because he's, you know, back, back then there was, people were immigrating. They, they stayed within their own groups, you know, right, all the, right. all the Italians moved in together, all the Germans moved in together, uh, Jewish people moved in together. There, there are these pockets and, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of times the racism and, uh, you know, like they mentioned in the beginning, it, it just came from just complete ignorance, complete misunderstanding right. And, right. and thinking, you know, you're different, you're not as good as me. Right. And I think those messages came across in a lot of their conversations, you know, in the beginning where he's asking, like, Dr. Don Shirley why he doesn't like fried chicken. And he's just making all these right. assumptions, assumptions right. saying, you know, <clears throat> you, you look this way, you like... Um, you like fried chicken or you, you look this way. Like, why don't you like, uh, what was it like Aretha Franklin or something like right, that? Right, He's just exactly. going through and coming up with all these stereotypes. And yeah, I don't think he, I, for, for his character, he wasn't saying it to be hurtful. He was just saying it just like, you I look this way, right. you look this way, you must like this. And right. I think that's where Dr. John Shirley comes in and starts, you know, teaching him. You can't just make these assumptions. And, right. Yeah, interesting content. Yeah, it's it's and it's super important not to generalize for any like that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people generalize other people based on whatever the fact like what I mean yeah. obviously in this movie it's race but where you live, um, you know where you're you know all all, all where you live what you look like um, where you work I mean there's so many different things where we try to put people in in categories and boxes. Um, and it's just not fair because everyone's different. Like I, I I'm a, I really hate like certain statistics like one in five people do this. Like, unless you, like, and it, this might sound ignorant, but, like, unless you, and it'll be, like, the sample size will be, like, a 1,000 people. And I'm, like, there's seven-plus billion people in the world, and you sampled a 1,000 people, and you're going to give me a stat that you try to generalize everyone based off of? Like, that Like that just pisses me off. So, um, but I think that happens, like, you know, very often. And a lot of things that they talked about in the movie, like, are still very prevalent and not just specific to, um, you know, between white Americans and African American and black Americans. Like it's not it, you know, whether whatever the marginalized group is, like whether it be, you know, women or whether it's based on race or sexuality, which they, you know, they talked on that too. Dr. Don Shirley, as it comes out in the movie, is homosexual. Um and they they didn't talk about it much. They just kinda they just flashed it. Um which they actually got a little they got quite a bit of backlash for, which I'll talk about that at the end, some of the backlash that they've received about this movie that, you know, again, I saw after the fact um, earlier today. Uh, but, you know, and, and it's been, you know, um, it's been nominated for a lot of awards, won three Golden Globes, um, still TBD on what it'll look like for the uh, for the Oscars. They don't announce those until, I think, maybe a week, week and a half or something like that for the Oscars. Um but anyway, yeah, they they like you said they touched on a lot of a lot of deep sensitive so, uh, subjects, yeah. which <laughs> so yeah, as we as we were sitting there, like oh shoot, this is kind of this is a little deeper than we were expecting, but no, but it was good, it was a good movie. Um, I think what everyone was really wondering is how did Doc Shirley keep a fresh cut the entire movie? Like where was he going to get his haircut? And that's what I was wondering. He had a fresh fade the entire movie, and I need to know <laughs> where he was getting his haircut because it seemed like they were just going on the road. They didn't have much time to sleep. And his haircut was perfectly cut. And I think that's what the people were really walking out of the theater wondering. I saw some of the older people leaving the theater looking at each other saying, honey, where, when did he get his haircut? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I have no comment to that. No so. Com- <laughs> 
So that's what I need to know um, for the riots. That's my only critique is, you know, when, when and where did he get his haircut, um, you know, in the Deep South? Um, you know, also, the, uh, you know, when he was talking about how people hire him to feel cultured, like he said that, uh, you know, some of the places where they go down there and the people are clearly, you know, racist. And, like, it was, like, one scene where he was performing at a, I don't know if it was this guy's, like, mansion or party, and he told yeah. him he had to use the restroom outside in, like, the outhouse. Um, so these people are clearly racist, but still very welcoming to have him in the home to entertain. So, and he was explaining, you know, uh, Tony Litt was, like, floored by this. Like, you know, what in the world? Like, don't let them talk to you like that. Like, what? That's crazy. Like, why don't we just not perform there? Like, why do they even want you here? And he explained to Tony, like, well, they, they have me over to make themselves feel cultured. And I feel like that was one of those things where I saw it and I was like, wait, like, that definitely occurs today. Not, maybe not in that facet as much, like, that way. But, like, I mean, I can think of a ton of people who, you know, I look and see and they love, like, hip-hop music. And, like, you see, like, the most popular music when you go to, like, clubs, no matter where it's at in the country, clubs, bars, whatever, um, what you see on social media a lot of times in movies, shows, is hip-hop music. Or hip hop pop ish, you know, like a like a Drake or something like that, and like it'll be people that like love black culture but like don't like black people, which is like just such an odd thing. And I think that that's like showcased here. And again, just like drawing those. I mean, this isn't by chance either. Like they're drawing these parallels on purpose. Um, so I thought that was really like poignant uh, for them to bring up, and you know, line of his. Uh, and he had a, he had a couple good lines. Like I said, that uh, that I'll talk about in a second. But he had a, he had a couple good quotes that. Um, that I really liked. Um, and it's, and to that point, you think, you know, there's still parallels, you know, today that we see, but right. really this wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's before our no, lifetime, but yeah. it was, you know, 1962, right, I yeah. believe, where yeah. the movie takes place. And which, you know, well, 50 years ago, it's my, during my grandparents' lifetime, during, right, right. you know, my, you know, people who we talk to, right? Like, yeah, very true. Yeah. Who yeah. we still know, like, 100%, they, yeah. they lived through that. And yeah. I mean, yeah, like to that scene where he had to, he played for all these people and then they make him, you know, they tell him he has to go to the bathroom in an outhouse outside or he goes and plays for another group of people and uh, there's a nice restaurant where everyone's eating, you know, with a nice ballroom attached to it and they make mm-hmm. him eat in a coat check closet in yeah. the basement. And, you know, like for so many reasons that was, you know, totally wrong. But right. you you just think, you know, here's this guy who he's got these two musicians with him in this Tony Lip character. And he's by far the most accomplished, uh, probably out of everyone in, well, in their circle. And right. you don't really know who the other people are, but, you know, he's on par with them. I mean, this guy's right. a doctor. He's, you know, a world-renowned musician. He's playing for the president of the United States Right. On multiple occasions. Right. And, you know, they're, they're hiring him. They're paying him all this money. But just because of, you know, the color of his skin, the way he looked, he's got to go sit in a coat check closet and eat just because of that one reason. Right. Right. And it, you know, it's aside from the racial issues from a business perspective, like you're going to come pay this guy right, yeah, all this money sense. to come play for you. And then like people aren't allowed to see him when they're eating. It's, yeah, it's a but like that stuff happened, it's real, yeah. and it's <laughs> real. Like it it's, isn't yeah. like some you know weird concept that they came up with for a movie. Like this stuff happened very recently, and right. um, yeah, they're in the same scenery. Eats in the coat check closet. The manager of the restaurant says, 
he gives uh, Tony Lip an example when he asks, you know, why are you making this guy who's, you know, way more accomplished than most people here uh, eat in a coach at class? And right. he, he said, well, when the Celtics came to town uh, to play, uh, I forget what it was, like the championship or something, yeah. that they had to go, the, the black players had to go eat at a, at a blacks-only restaurant down the road right. when the rest of the team ate there. Right. <laughs> Like this stuff wasn't that long ago. Right. And yeah. These were some, you know, serious, just cultural and, uh, you know, deeply ingrained racism issues that right. were happening. You know, right. not far from where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. That so. is. Yeah. That, and that's the create. That's a really good point. That's not like in yeah. the grand scheme of things. Like obviously, obviously, like you said, like feels long from like when like our lifetime. But like in the grand scheme of like history, like it's not yeah. that long ago. Not at um, all. And it, it's not like it stopped, like, after that movie ended, like, it stopped from there. Like, it, like those things were going on for, for longer periods of time than just that movie. Yeah. Uh, but. Like, we were on the moon by then. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. From one perspective, I'm pretty sure. Like, this, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe don't check. quote me on that. Yeah. I'm going to fact check that. We were but. on the moon by then, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm um, looking up the moon. Lady. Yeah, he's looking it up. We're going to confirm that for you all. But, um, but, yeah, no, that was one of my favorite parts. Of that I think that was my favorite part of the movie. When he, so that restaurant that Dan's referring to when he went, and they told him, hey, you can't eat here, but he was performing in that same place, but he just couldn't eat there. He stands up to them and says, okay, we're not performing then. And they're like, well, you have a contract? And they're like, all right, well, we don't care. And they get pissed off. So he stands up to them, and then he goes down to the black-only restaurant that the guy that the waiter or whatever hostess uh, referred him to in the first place to eat. And he goes there and, uh, and plays. And, um, you know, one of the things that he mentioned earlier in the movie is how he didn't feel like he was accepted by the black community or the white community because he felt like he was, you know, in the black community, they shunned him because he was, you know, educated in the way he spoke. And then he felt like in the white community, they shunned him because he was black. Like, no matter how educated he was and, you know, how talented he was, it didn't matter. So that was something that he quoted as something that bothered him. So for him to, one of the final scenes being him going into you know, a black-only restaurant where they're already look, giving him, like, shooting him looks and, you know, talking about him because, you know, murmurs because he's dressed up in a tuxedo coming in there and everyone else is in, you know, regular street clothes. Uh, and then he starts to play. And then yeah. you kind of see, like, the acceptance. And uh, and it, it just was it was one of those, just, like, feel-good moments um, where it all kind of comes together. Uh, another thing uh, that, that I really liked another part was they got pulled over twice in the movie. So the first time they get pulled over... The guy is pulling them over because it was after after hours. Like you, like black people in this area couldn't be out after a certain time. So the cop pulls them over. Tony loses his cool, punches the cop. They end up going to jail. They end up getting out. Um, not to go into detail about all that, but just that was that was one point. The guy pulled them over. It was you know a racist cop. Then they get pulled over towards the end when they're on their way back home. Obviously they're like hesitant and nervous because they had you know just got pulled over a few days, weeks, whatever before and, you know, ended up in jail, this cop pulls them over and uh, lets them know that they have a flat tire and then has a spare and then helps them change out the spare. Um, just looking out, just being, just being a good guy. So um, I thought that was, that was cool. Um, they did it kind of – I don't want to say there were parts of the movie that were – campy is not the right word. They weave in these parts that make it still, like, very, like, PG, like – I'm yeah. going to help you get the message that we're trying to give you, like, yeah. very, like, simple. Like, they simplify it. Um, 
for you know everyone to, which I liked, which I liked. Cause yeah, I think that's necessary I, when I you have a large audience that yeah, you yeah. have you have to get the message across in a right. way that can be understood by a lot of. Even though in real life it wasn't that simple, no, you yeah. have to you know get the message out in a way that yeah. the masses will so, be able to understand. By the way, we uh, we weren't on the moon by then, but uh, same decade, same, so. same decade. So that is yeah. remember that America. Uh, it was the same decade. Uh, Fifty nine, the Soviets put a uh, rocket there but uh, u.s human landing was 69 so was the landing for real or was it staged in hollywood yeah i, it, I guess it depends on who podcast, you talk to i think podcast. i think it's real but okay another yeah. podcast um <laughs> but no i thought those two so. moments were, were really cool how they did that like i said it did it probably happen like that probably not but i think you know right now with so much you know much and i'm not going to comment like one way or the other but like there's so much turmoil and and arguments around like, uh, you know, police brutality and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's important to remember that, um, just like with any group of people, there's people who do things that are really malicious and evil, and there are people who aren't that way. So you can't, you know, same way with generalize again generalizing like you just can't do that. So same way with generalizing all black people one way as some people do, you can't do that with, with uh, law enforcement either. Like, yeah, there, there probably are some bad guys in law enforcement and crooked cops, but there's also some guys that are doing it for the right reasons who are truly trying to help, who went into it, who swore an oath, who take that oath seriously. Yeah, so I, I think that's important to like... More to often remember. than not. More often Way than more not. often than that. So I think that that's, I think that's important to note in that, you know, when you see these really terrible instances where that's not the case, that it's just that there are these one-off or, you know, even if you, you take 20 instances, that's 20 in the entire nation out of millions of, of cops or law enforcement. So just important to like, again, where they put that part in there where it's like, hey, not everyone's the enemy. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, so you can't generalize a whole group based on some bad apples. Um, so, you know, final verdict on the movie. What'd you think, Dan? I, I really liked it. I okay. told you on the way out that, like, you know, we didn't know what we were walking into. You right. probably had a little bit better of an idea than right. I did, but I, I really liked it. And I thought that they, you know, did a good job, you know, whether they simplified it a little bit, I think. Right. I think they did a good job of, you know, showing the message of, you know, this this was real and this happened not a very long time ago. So, um, and it, they did it in a, I think, in a very powerful way. Uh, but you did mention there was some some backlash to it that yeah. I did not look into. So maybe you can provide some yeah, insight. Yeah, I'll on shed that. some light. I'll shed some light. So for for me, same. I thought it was an amazing movie. Walked out yesterday and was like, wow, that was really good. I text my my uh, family actually in the in the movie like right in the like ending scene like hey if you all haven't seen this go see it it's about you know i told him just give him a quick quick synopsis and was like hey check it out it's a good movie um so i again i thought it was great um now what i can't do is speak on the legitimacy of the film okay after seeing after reading some stuff after doing a little research so they got backlash from don shirley's family uh, saying that they weren't consulted uh, before the movie. You see this so often with yeah. biopics where the family gets upset because they weren't consulted, which um, I think is a little bit of two different things. One, either A, they were consulted and are just trying to sue and like get some type of payday, or two, they weren't consulted and the people who wrote the movie should be ashamed of themselves. So I don't know which one this is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know these people personally, and all I can do is read the articles and, you know, come up with my own, like, judgment. Um, but 
Don't they allude to the fact, though, that he wasn't close to his family in the so, first place? Yeah, so they allude to, to the fact that he's... So Dr. Don Shirley is lonely. That was one question I was going to ask you, too. Sorry yeah. to, to veer off from the end, then we'll get back to this, the criticism. Uh, so Don Shirley is really lonely in the movie. Like, he doesn't have any family that he's close to, divorced from his wife, uh, which he says is because of the fact that he was a touring artist, but, you know, obviously, as we later find out, probably has some... Some to do with the fact that he was homosexual and it just wasn't acceptable at this time uh, by the masses for him to be homosexual male yeah. um, and black on top of that. So two things that he would have had to battle with. So um, so he kind of suppressed those or, or didn't didn't wasn't out, outwardly gay. Yeah. In the in the movie. So was that ever like confirmed or did they just kind of. They added. I that. pray to God they didn't add that in there just for the movie. I didn't confirm. I didn't like look up if yeah. he was actually gay. But I mean that they would have received backlash if they would have just made him gay for the sake of making the movie more culturally relevant. Like that would have been crazy if they did that. Now there's no yeah. way they, they would have got away with that. So, um, yeah, d- yeah. So I, I don't. I am assuming that that's actually the case. I did not fact check that. But point being is, he was really lonely. Super talented. Super successful. Yeah. Would you rather be successful and alone or have a family and be a failure? Wow. Uh, yeah. That's a deep question. I know. I thought <laughs> about, I was thinking about that like, afterwards. Well, I mean, like, you know, I'd rather have a family and, you know, be a failure. Family is important. And you got people around you who, you know, like, they support you. No one becomes successful just on their own. Even the most successful people right. have help, whether it's family or you know, Pseudo family, yeah. uh, people they've met along the way, along their journey that have, have, uh, you know, made them what they are. But, right. you know, I mean, I don't, failure is kind of a you know, deep word, but I, yeah. I'd rather have, I'd rather have family. H- than, hindsight, I probably should yeah. turn the lights on in here. Um, <laughs> you want me to turn the lights? I mean, we don't have to now. We're about to be done in like a couple minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm looking now, I'm like, oh, it's a little dark. Yeah. Well, uh, what about, what about you to that question? You um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want no one in my life. <laughs> Just my money. <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. No, I, uh, uh, no, I, uh, I want to say, I want to say fam, like family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everyone wants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I want. I definitely, I definitely want a yeah. family. I definitely like don't want to be. I don't want to die alone and just like have this money. <laughs> However, like, it would kill me to be like be a father and have a family. Oh you know, like, yeah, to be like uh, just like not like be always be like struggling and not being able to provide well, and like yeah. be, like fail it. So, that's that's why I think failure. That's kind of an extreme gap. Yeah, that is. I mean, yeah, two. you can do like you can do yeah. like super successful and like kind of successful with family. Yeah. Like obviously, I take kind of successful with family, yeah. but if it had to be extreme of like you're a broke loser or you're super successful and like I'm going I'm I'm probably going to go super successful alone like probably I'm probably going to choose that. Yeah. So, but yeah. again, I chose two obviously extremes, but that's because yeah. it makes the question harder. Like Right, that does make so. the question harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that. Think about that, Dan. If you want to be a failure or if you want to be I alone. don't. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, got some backlash, man. So they uh they said it was like his brother, who in the movie they said he was estranged from, uh, had some, in real life, had some backlash about, like, how he was portrayed and um, and said that, like, his, I think it was Don Shirley's niece 
also said that like him and Tony were like never friends. They were just like he just employed Tony and like that they exaggerated that. Um I thought it was interesting that in the movie they make this guy like a strange, but then in real life this guy's like, yo, what did you do? You know what I mean? So that was interesting. Then the response to it from the writers was even worse. It was like, oh, my assistant or whoever he had that employed to like research and find the family so that they can get like input couldn't find any living relatives. And then it's like, then this guy comes to out. To Don like, Shirley? Like yeah. he had no living relatives. That Well, that's what the, the person who was researching this couldn't find any. And then this guy comes out and is like, yeah, like I'm his brother, I'm still alive, and niece. And I'm like, okay, so either this person was, did a terrible job or they purposefully cut these people out. So huh. that was that sounds sketchy. When that's your response, that sounds sketchy. If you would have said, no, we reached out to him and he said he wanted nothing to do with the movie, it's like, oh, okay, well, then that's on him. But when you say, oh, my assistant or whoever who was looking into it couldn't find any of his living relatives, you didn't look hard enough. So yeah. like that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. Um, also, it came out that one of the writers uh, flashed like a movie set or something like that several years ago. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> it, it's like so unrelated to the movie, but it's just like anything bad that you do, like it's gonna come back up, and it just is gonna like discredit everything you're currently doing. Like yeah. so that this is like dang, like it's it. I feel like the whole movie making cinema. It's a know, bad Hollywood, place, man. <laughs> Hollywood, like some weird. Weird some stuff weird stuff, man. There. It's not it's some not okay stuff going on <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, and then, uh, then you have Nick, Tony's son in real life, uh, who was found for making or retweeting like a super insensitive tweet about Muslims back like uh, several years ago. Hmm. So obviously not a great look. He's since deleted his Twitter, obviously. <laughs> so uh, not a good look. Also, Marsha Ali, who won for uh, best supporting or best actor in a supporting role, whatever, at the Golden Globes. Oh, I, not whatever. I have it written down. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role uh, is he's he's Muslim in real life. So that's probably not a good look for one of the writers to have written something insensitive. Uh, uh, yeah. So so yeah. And then also when it's the like not only is it the writer of the movie, but it's also the son of the guy in the movie who's supposed to change. And then he like it's just not a good look. So hopefully that doesn't diminish the story and people don't still seek out the actual story and do research on green book and this guy's story because of yeah. a couple of hiccups or, you know, or not, I don't want to, I don't want to let them off the hook. Bad decisions by the writers. Like I hope that that doesn't stop people from looking into the story, watching this movie. Cause I thought it was a good movie. Uh, and then, like I said, doing their own research about him. Uh, it did win three awards at the golden globes. One was for best picture musical or comedy. Like I said, Mahershala Ali's for uh, best actor in a supporting role and then best screenplay, um, by these writers. So, um, like I said, it was good. We'll see how this pans out. Hopefully, um, they meet with the family and can get some of this stuff figured out and they can all like come to an agreement, apologize. They've already apologized publicly, but again, hopefully they actually make like real amends. Um, cause that would suck if, you know, th this guy's passed away he has a legacy, yeah. so hopefully they do it justice. Um, all right, so that's all I had on the movie. Um, upcoming movies, what are you excited for? Anything particular? So uh, I don't know what's up and coming, so maybe like... You, fa you, you failed me, Dan, once again. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like the next Star Wars or something in a few no, years. What? No, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not specific enough. Uh, Hotel Mumbai comes out March 22nd. Saw this trailer the other day um it's the true story of the taj hotel terrorist attack in mumbai um the hotel staff risked their lives to keep everyone safe as possible um 
Wait, no. Am I? Oh, I can't read. Keep everyone safe as people make unthinkable sacrifices to protect themselves and their families. Um, it's starring Dev Patel, who uh, is also from Slumdog Millionaire and Lion. Lion. Both of those are really good. I really, really like Lion. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, and that comes out March 22nd. So that is all I had. Dan? Oh, what's, side, up? what's up? Yeah, side note, though, that I... Uh, I believe I brought up before oh, this yeah, show yeah. about Tony Lip. Uh, just a you know side, not regarding Green Book, but he actually ended up going on and having a, you know a pseudo successful acting career on the side yeah, that doesn't get mentioned. Uh, he ended up being in. He had a very small role, but he was still in The Godfather. That's crazy. Um, he was in The Sopranos. He was, uh, I believe, uh, one of the mobsters, uh, like like uh, a villain. Yeah. Type role, but. Yeah, kind of. Wait, kind of was, interesting. You, say, you said Goodfellas too. Was it Goodfellas? I think it was Goodfellas. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. But he actually, you know, because they they make it sound like he might not, like that was kind of it for him. Like wow. he did this job, and then right, like no he, one really ever heard from him, other than the fact that he was Don Shirley's friend. Right. But it ended up where towards the end of his life, he uh, he was a part of a few interesting, very successful films. Interesting. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm looking it up. He was Carmen Lupertazzi a crime boss in um, The Sopranos. And then he was also a part of The Godfather in a very small role. Uh, obviously, his life was uh, portrayed in Green Green Book. And, yeah, that, that looks like... Fun facts. Kinda, but, yeah, kind of kind of a crazy crazy side cool. side story with him. Well, uh, well, yeah, thanks for coming up on the show, Dan. He um, was in The Goodfellas, too. He was in Goodfellas. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. Uh, I love Goodfellas. Cool. I love all those movies you just named, but I uh, really like Goodfellas um, and Godfather, too. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming up. Yeah. Until next week, um, appreciate you all for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Peace.